following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. found a good burger to plop on the grill is it fresh or is it frozen generally because i'm having trouble and i'm one of these people that puts the grill away much to a lot of people's shock and awe that when it's minus five out i don't want to go out on my patio and grill sorry but we fired it up tonight for the first time and i'm like the burgers that i got i was kind of underwhelmed with did you just buy them, or had they been in your freezer for they, a while? No, I mean a week. Oh, I mean, I okay. mean, they, I mean, they they were they were already in the frozen section. Yeah. But I'm usually like a like a festy burger, keep them fresh. So if I buy them, you're grilling them in the next two days. Okay. Kind of thing, and those are usually the best. But I haven't like does a good frozen. So you buy burger. Them, you buy them out of the case. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I usually don't. I usually buy the at, at uh, festival they have. Um, Brisket burgers, mm-hmm. prime rib burgers, New York strip burgers. I usually get those. So fresh, yeah, generally, because I haven't found a good frozen burger, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to steer away from those because it just doesn't do the job. No, those are usually just they don't have a lot of taste. They no, just, they're not great. Not, I mean, it like it honestly tastes like a cafeteria burger. Yeah, I when mean it's, that's really what it's what it, it's really what it is. I mean, it, no matter it, if you grill it or not, you know, if you painted a couple circles on it, it could be a frisbee. If you, and if you burn it more uh, than not, then it's a hockey puck. Yes. <laughs> it is grilling season, and that means it's tailgating season when we're actually allowed to do that uh, at Miller Park. And I'm I'm actually very... Up, up. That's... Yes. That's, that's, that's oh, strike. my God, already? That's a, that's a strike. Just out of the... Don't we get a I wonder, year... I wonder how many... We should try to keep track of how many times we do that on this show. And I didn't even do it on purpose. No, Rock did it last night in the game, and he, he, he really? turned to BA, and he just said, oh, that's five bucks. So he obviously owes somebody. <laughs> Every time they say the wrong name, they got to pay five awesome. bucks. American Family Field. Did you enjoy opening day last week? Was, yeah. I mean, was it a little weird, or was it just good to be back? It was weird, but uh, it was fun. Um, you know, it was just nice to, to actually be at a game for the first time. I mean, you know. I was trying to think about it. I'm like, I don't think I've been to a game that wasn't a high school basketball game right. since probably late 2019, like a late season Brewer game mm-hmm. or an early season Buck game. I was gonna say Bucks, probably. So I mean, that's you know, that's that's a long time. But uh, it was it was cool. It was interesting how they did things. Um, you know, my seats are up in the club level. Ooh. And there's like ten row or ten seats in each row, and like we were on the end of the row, and then every other seat in the row was zip tied closed, like with a big thick zip tie. Really? And then the row behind us, there was like two people in the middle of the row. Okay. And then everything else around them was zip tied. So like in the entire section, you know, I think that I think there's eight rows of ten seats. I think there was maybe twenty people in the section, so it mm-hmm. wasn't like completely empty, but. You know, it was pretty spaced out, and, you know, everybody was wearing their masks to start with. By about the third inning, nobody's wearing a mask anymore because everybody's not. eating and drinking. I went and got a giant bag of peanuts and just sat there and ate peanuts the entire time because I'm not then. wearing a mask at the right. game. And, um, but it was fun. It, it, was, it was like, I mean, 
the slowest <laughs> opening day I can remember. Yeah. I mean, it was at the four-hour mark in yes, the seventh inning, and yep. me and my dad looked at each other. We're like, let's get the hell out of here. This is, you know. It's tough to not stay We don't want to get home right. at 7 no. o'clock on a, for a 1 o'clock game. I totally get it. I totally get it. You missed a good ending, but we still. We, we were listening to it. We stopped at LD's in uh, East Troy and got some barbecue. And, oh, nice. You know, listen to it on the way home. Right. So, yeah, it was a good good fun day. All right, we'll get to uh, baseball in a little bit. Uh, we, we open with football because it's king here on uh, this edition of the Intentional Foul. Uh, happy birthday, by the way. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, belated. Welcome, welcome to the club. Yeah. And um, I didn't catch today's episode. I did watch yesterday that now that Aaron uh, Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy for the next week and a half. And, I mean, you know, I look at it from a presentation standpoint and how well you manage, you know, the flow of the show, how you do on the pronunciations, um, how good your speed is, because there there are times when Trebek even reads those questions and they don't get to every question by the time the timer's up. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering with Roger's little slower pace whether that, like, the timing would be an issue. I thought he did fine, and I love that the dude uh, at the end, the two-day reigning champion, um, kind of trolled him a little bit. And at, final Jeopardy. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I thought that was good. He said that he wants to play football and be the full-time host, which obviously that's <laughs> not going to happen. Not when you're playing in Green Bay. No, not going to happen. So, um, yeah. But I don't I, think he will be in a year or so. No, I mean, he'll... It, it's, a, it's a hell of a lot easier flight from Chicago to L.A. than it is from Green Bay to L.A. <laughs> There you go. Sure. Um, what did he say on, on Pat McAfee's podcast? Like he talked about Barry Sanders retiring early or something like that, and he wondered about that, but he said he doesn't want to do that. He wants to keep playing. Um, so I don't think there's anything. I just think he's just not going to be on the Packers. He, he, he has some, like, sociopathic tendencies. Of course. So, I mean, yes. like, like his his enjoyment of the, of the fucking game playing – in the um, passive aggressive Very comments much, yes. and all of that stuff is, you know, any any he, he's pretty good about doing it with kind of a grin, with kind of a smile on his face, but which you know he's having fun. Oh but yeah, you also there's always deep... an element of truth in all, in all this yes. stuff that he says. You just kind of got to weed out the bullshit, yes, you know, to find it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, look, he's marrying a Hollywood actress. You know, B list, C list, whatever you want to call her, she's out there. Yep. She's gonna live there, and I Rogers is from. a California dude. Yep. I think Rogers. It might not be Jeopardy, but I think he'll be doing something out there when he's when he's done playing football. He's 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 not gonna be far and just go away. He's already said that he doesn't want to be in the booth. He doesn't no, want to be an analyst. I, and I get that. I you know I that's that's not for everybody. I mean, not the travel the. You know, the interviews, all the stuff that you got. I mean, you know, you can make a lot of money like a Tony Romo, but it's not like he's not working a lot during the season. Right. So, you know, I mean, Rodgers can – he'll always be able to be a guy that can pop on McAfee show, Eisen show, Dan Patrick, um, NFL – any of the 100 NFL network shows that they have, <laughs> the NFL Live on ESPN. Yep. He can always do that. Um, but I, I think you're, you're going to find him out there – you know, doing a lot of stuff, especially in the first couple of years after he's done playing. I would probably agree with you. Um, I didn't see Ryan Pace's comments about Andy Dalton. Well, you can imagine what they were. I mean... It's probably some bloviating, yeah. we feel confident that he can 
lead our team. And... Well, he, re- he, he recited his stats. You know, he was a nine-year starter, three Pro Bowls, you know, three or four playoff appearances. He failed to mention that he didn't win any of those games. Um, you know, said that he was the highest-rated quarterback in the free agent class, according to them. Then, I mean, okay. if you think about free agency, there wasn't a lot. I mean, you're talking Cam, Fitzpatrick. So, I mean, you're comparing him against those guys, and I guess if you're the Bears and you're bad at evaluating, you might think that, but I don't think anybody else thinks that. But I don't even understand when you look at the entire class, Is are you saying that as a compliment? No, like, I, well, I think it was a compliment to Dalton, not necessarily to the rest of the guys that were out I'm there. I'm not even sure that that right, but okay, look at your sample size. I yeah. mean, it's not okay. You're the well, it's like politics. They're just they're they're they want you to just accept what they're telling you. They don't want you to go find out and look for yourself and go. Wait a minute, who else was out there? Oh, what? what? Congratulations, you're the turd that smells the least bad. Yeah, that's that's about what I would read into that. The Bears. I, I can't remember who I heard talking about this the other day. It might have been Cowherd. I don't remember. But he was talking about the Bears don't know how to, they don't know how to do PR. You know, they, we and we talked about it the last couple of weeks, they, this, this notion they had of where they can get their name out and attach them to Wentz, Watson, and Wilson. But everybody knows you're not getting those guys because you don't have any assets. And you don't have any assets because you've drafted like shit and you traded away a bunch of picks for Trubisky and Khalil Mack. Um, so the Bears keep going out and I, it's kind of an, it's really insulting actually as a fan of the team that you're going to go out there and you're going to try to sell this to the fan base. Um, well, people like you aren't going to buy it. You well, know, I don't, that, I don't think any Bear fans are buying it. You don't it. think there's some fools out there that are actually well, touting all, well, this and always, are actually buying Dalton jerseys? I don't know about that. I think there, of course, there's people out there that are saying he could go nine and seven. They could make the playoffs, but it's like, yeah, but I don't. the The Bears, with the defense that they have and have had the last couple of years, they should have been competing to win the NFC, not to be the seven seed at eight and eight. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's more frustration. You, I heard something the other day that, you know, the Bears really weren't in on Wentz. Like, you know, they, again, they allowed themselves to be attached to him be one of the teams, Mm -hmm. but they were really never interested in him, which blows my mind. (laughs) And then you see the other day, the Jets trade Sam Darnold to Carolina for three picks, a sixth rounder this year, and a second and a fourth next year. And it's like, you couldn't have you couldn't have found a way to trade for make, Darnold. Make that happen. I thought they were, and somebody said and I don't I would, even know. I don't know if Darnold's any good. He might not be, but at least he's young, right? And you got a chance to grow with him, right? All these other guys, the books out. You know what you're getting. Um, and, and Andy and, Dalton hasn't thrown for 3,500 yards in five years. Look at the Bears' weapons. Who's he going to get over thirty five hundred yards Nobody. with on this team? Nobody. Jimmy Graham? No, that's that's a that's a good question. I Michael sent me this, and I he didn't answer about who who wrote it. Um, 
The Bears might be the NFL's best example right now of an organization with no plan. Yeah. Their moves reflect a GM and a coach who are simply trying to keep the team competitive to save their jobs. We talked about that. Chicago used a franchise tag on Robinson, signed Dalton to a one-year blah, blah, blah. Release Kyle Fuller, replace him with Desmond Trufant. They signed their kicker to a three-year, $9 million deal who's been on five different teams in the last four years. Yeah. Like that, he did have a good year last year, but well, you don't need right, to give your kicker a three-year deal for nine million dollars. No. That's what you're going to invest in, and and you know this person who was talking and breaking this down says it's a mess. There's nobody they can get at quarterback, so that so I get why they went after Dalton. The Robinson stuff made no sense. No reason to have him on the tag. You either get a long-term extension done, or which should have happened last year, or you let him walk. But you can't then sign your kicker for three million dollars a year. I think right now the Bears are the laughing stock of the league. I really do. I mean, I there's teams that are there's teams that are worse, but I think with the situation and everything considered, I'm not sure there's a more laughable team in football right now. Considering they they, they cannot get the quarterback position right, they normally kind of get it right. I mean, I. Normally, I would probably go with the Jaguars or the Jets, but there's a lot of excitement in Jacksonville right they now. They got a ton of picks. They're young. They got a new they coach. Got a new coach. Yes. So I mean, there's there's some legitimate excitement. For sure. For, Nobody's for, laughing at Jacksonville. No. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and they just got Urban Meyer. I think before this year, they were probably yeah. they, they probably were, but right now that that script has flipped. It could be the same in two years when all of this, if it does, blow up in their faces. But right now, they're not they're not that team anymore. Right. Um, and the Jets are going to take a new quarterback, but again, they're they're trying to throw. They keep throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. I mean, this is their third, their their number three pick overall from what was it, 2018, 2017? Yeah, I can't remember what Darnold was, and they're already getting rid of him, and now they're going to use their number two to find the next heir apparent, and it's going to be that kid out of BYU, Zach Wilson, I think. I read something today that says a lot of people in the organization thinks it's going to be Mac Jones, which would be just nuts. Would it be Jets ball though? It would be nut. It would be that would yeah, be that Jets would be a me. Jets move, right? right? It's very Jetsy, right? So I mean, that's so to me, you you've got the Jets. The Jaguars are not there, but you've also yes, well, the Bears are probably there. And I saw today that the Falcons now have the are fourth pick yes. and are interested in putting that on the market. So somebody who wants a quarterback can come up and trade and try to get one. Well. Maybe, maybe there's that is a spot for the Bears to try to get to, but again, what are you mortgaging? What are you giving up? Can you trade a guy that's on the franchise tag? Do you give up Robinson? I was talking. Well, I to, don't even think Atlanta would want him. I was talking to Beggs about this this morning. It's like when you look at all these teams and they're just trying to get these quarterbacks and just insert them and have them be their guy. <sighs> I mean, I think you have to be bad for two to three years, accumulate those picks, and and get a couple of position players and shore up your offensive line so you've got the tools for this guy that whenever you get him and you're still, you've still got a top pick, that here you go. You've got something other than bare bones to work with. You know, you've got all these guys that you just get and then you throw them in there. It's like, well, what did you expect them to do? You, you, you haven't given him any help. Right. He's getting sacked. You draft top Joe, five you, in the league. You draft Joe Burrow number one, and then you have no line, and he gets, right. he gets the shit beat out of him and blows his knee out in week 12. Right. So, what? I mean, who who are you doing a favor for here? You're not doing a favor for your franchise. It just seems like the philosophy is a little bit reversed because people just want to get that quarterback, and then they finally do, and they're like, yay! 
Who else we got? Well, nobody. Well, it's it's become very NBA-like. You know, the quarterback now is the LeBron, the Giannis, the Luka, the Chris Paul of football, where it's like, yeah, if you want to get one of these guys, you're going to have to do like what the Sixers did and just say, we don't want to win a game. We want to have the, the we want to have a bunch of high picks. Like you said, we're going to be shitty for three years. Uh, if there's a really good quarterback, maybe we'll take a chance on him. But otherwise, we're going to try to wait until Russell Wilson gets pissed off, Deshaun Watson gets pissed off, Aaron Rodgers gets pissed off. And then we can go to these teams and go, "Hey, we'll give you two firsts, two seconds, and a in our starting middle linebacker for your quarterback." And the other team will will do it because they look at it and go, "Okay, now we can play that game because we're going to have all these picks." I mean, look what the Dolphins have done this yeah. year. I mean, they've 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 put themselves in a really good position, and it kind of reminds me of what Cleveland has done the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, they're still Cleveland, but they got a lot of talented guys on that team, and I still think they got a ways to go, but it's like that's something that they've started to turn around there. Well, and like with the Dolphins, we don't know. They got their guy in Tua. They've, they, they, they've, they've decided he's yes. their guy. Yep. Whether that pans out to be, who knows? Same thing with the Browns, with, with Baker Mayfield. He's their guy, at least in the short term, mm-hmm. you know, can you get to the Super Bowl with him? Don't know. Um, we've seen quarterbacks get there with lesser talent than the Browns have. Yes. And lesser quarterback talent than Baker Mayfield. Usually they don't win it, though. Right. You know, well, there's there's the there's always the deal for the Brad Johnson. Those guys oh, are, are, are Flacco. But yes. for the most part, the Super Bowl winning quarterback is, is a top player yes. in the league. Uh, agreed. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really didn't think um, the Jets got near the return that they should have for a former number three overall pick. But if that's what they want to settle for and that's what they're going to spend their number two and just park those, I mean, yeah, 2022 is going to be a lot better than a sixth rounder this year. What's that going to do for you? Well, look, I mean, everybody thought Ryan Tannehill sucked in Miami. And then he got away from Adam Gase and he turned into a pretty good, solid NFL quarterback. You know, borderline pro bowler. Mm-hmm. Maybe Darnold needs to get the hell away from Adam Gase too. <laughs> you know, maybe that's. A I mean, I read something that that I, I don't remember. One of the ESPN guys might have been Orlovsky said that he'll probably be a backup at Carolina, and I'm like, well, to who? They've already given Teddy Bridgewater the okay to to seek a trade. Yeah, so, so I mean, like they, it doesn't sound like they're you, married to anybody. You don't give up all those picks to not play the guy, right? I would think he was going to step in and play. You're going to go get him for that, and then say, hold the clipboard. So you're going to have him and McCaffrey, and you know, maybe you go out and get him another weapon. You know, maybe you get. I think they got a top five pick, or no, not top five. They're top ten, top I think. 10. But you know, maybe uh, that Pitts guy slides. Yeah. You know, maybe you flop picks with Atlanta, and you go up to grab somebody. I mean, they've got some options there. Wonder what that's like. I don't know. That's a good question. My team never has any except the <laughs> toilet option. <laughs> All right, um, let's move to baseball. We talked about opening day already. We talked about the Brewers, and you and I talked about them at length before we started rolling. Um, I mean, we all kind of knew that the Twins can mash, and that's a that's a problem. I, I just I didn't expect their pitching staff to be that effective, and the Brewers to be so inept at the plate. After and you can't take anything from spring training, but at least you have a little bit of hope. Where it's like, okay, well, maybe we can do a little better this year. And then you get to the start of the season, and it's like I've seen this movie, and it was pretty much all of last season, and now we're rolling like a you know 
a dollar feature rewind at the local cinema to go rewatch it at a discount. And it's like, well, I, I don't want to go pay the overpriced popcorn and soda to watch something that I've already watched. And that seems right now. And again, small sample size. You said it last week. We'll make a lot of gross overinflated predictions a couple, but I mean, right now it doesn't look any different. No, it just doesn't. No. And I, and I'm, I'm not surprised at all. They're one and three twins are better than the Brewers. Um, so them taking two out of three, they should have swept the Brewers if they hadn't made a stupid error in the ninth. Mm-hmm. The Brewers would have lost all three to the Twins. Um, you know, the Cubs, nobody's predicting them to do a lot this year. But they still got Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, and Contreras in that lineup. So, yeah, they're good. Their pitching's not what it's been. At least what we we think their pitching's going to be. But you never know. But it's nothing to sneeze but, at. But that offense, they got four studs on that team. Um, you know, the Brewers get one hit on Saturday. I think they scored one run Sunday. Um, and then they get a three-run homer from Narvaez last it. night. Yep. So, again, and I think they struck out, what, 18, 19 times on Saturday night when they got one hit, they, something like that? They struck out in a three-game span an average of 12 times a game. Right. So, against Minnesota. You know, Hira hasn't got a hit yet. Nope. Urias has got one hit. Yelich has got uh, like ten strikeouts and seventeen at bats, something like that. Like it's it's not good, um, but I'm not surprised because this is who these guys were last year. I know that the Brewers have tried to tell us that it's going to be different this year, and the sample size last year was so small you can't really take that into account. But you know these guys are not contact guys. Um. And the ones that are aren't hitting, and they didn't hit last year. You know, Hero's going to pop his home runs because he's that kind of guy. He's a two fifty hitter, man. He's got holes in his swing. He cannot catch up to the high fastball. He's going into Ricky Weeks mode where he's letting the first two strikes go by, and then he's swinging at shit in the dirt now because he's in the hole. Um, you know, Urias, I mean... I, He's got like almost 500 at bats in the big leads. He's a 220 hitter. He's got six home runs in his career. Um, you're, I don't think you're going to get much offense there. Shaw is going to, you know, I really hope Shaw has a great year because I like him. Yeah. Um, I thought he was a little bit of a baby when they sent him down a couple years ago, but, you know, things happen. Read the room, man. Sorry. But, um, you know, it'd be nice to get something out of him, but you can't count on it at all. Mm-hmm. And,. Unfortunately, this has a lot of 2012 to about 2015 Brewers written all over it where you've got Braun sitting in this lineup of a bunch of dudes who can't protect him. And that's kind of happening to Yelich right now. I mean, I had somebody tell me the other day, oh, the Yelich contract isn't looking very good. It's like, well, if you're playing the Brewers, why are you pitching to him? Absolutely. I'll walk him every damn time he's up. Because chances are he's not going to score unless they hit a home run. Or he's going to try to do too much, and he's going to strike out, which is what he's been doing. So I'm not really surprised at anything we've seen so far. It's just disappointing to me. I mean, you know, you're filled, and I'm not saying this meaning you, but I mean, you you know, you're filled with a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement, and, you know, new things, turnover on the roster, but then you've got the same things that are plaguing the team, and it's like, you guys told me this was going to be better. And it doesn't need to be like gangbusters right out of the gate. 
but it seems like things are a lot better and there's more anticipation and excitement and, you know, here you go, a new product, and then it's like somebody lets the balloon go and it goes around the room and goes... And now what are we looking at? Well... The same thing that we've been looking at. The Brewers have one all-star on their roster as far as position player, and it's Yelich. Everybody yes. else is just a guy. Hira and Hira or Garcia... They have to hit, and they have to hit at a high level for this team to have any chance. Well, Garcia's got to play. Well, they're doing a four-man. Well, they're doing a three-man rotation in the two spots with Kane, Bradley, and Garcia. But Kane's already hurt. He's already got an oblique issue. Which, wow, who would have who who would have predicted that in the in the preseason? I think he's in this room. Somewhere. Um, but those two guys have to hit because they have to protect Yelich. That's just the bottom line. You know, Wong's a nice player, but he's a complimentary guy. You know, Urias, even if he hits some, he's a complimentary guy. Shaw's going to hit some homers for you, but again, he's a 240 hitter even when he was good three, four years ago. So, I don't know. It's it's nothing shocking. I would have liked to have seen the pitching be a little bit better. I thought Woodruff was not great on opening day. Burns looked fantastic. Um, Hauser not great. No, Anderson the human blister last night was terrible. I I, I saw some or I, I played some of his comments this morning and I watched some of the game uh, yesterday and he said that he made a couple of mistakes but he was least mad about the one that he threw to Contreras and it's and I watched the replay and and Rock was absolutely crushing that because he threw Contreras like a belt high fastball right down the middle of the plate that Contreras absolutely hammered. Like, the other pitches were out of the zone to the point where, you know, the guys either knew that they were coming or they were in their wheelhouse. But, I mean, I I don't know. It just seems like when the Brewers pitchers make mistakes, other teams capitalize them a lot more than when Milwaukee is at the plate. And I don't know why that is. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, he did give up three homers last night, so maybe he got confused on which one he, that he would have <laughs> was okay with the pitch on. But you know, and then Devin Williams comes in and immediately just throws one off of Contreras's face. Did you happen to see that? Oh yeah, he hit him right in the head with with a ninety five mile an hour fastball, oh and Contreras just walked it off like a dude. Um, but you know, it was Williams's first outing. He didn't look good. He got smacked around a little bit. So. Not not a good first couple of days for the Brewers. Not I mean, great, Bob. You know, you win tonight and tomorrow, and you're three and three, and you're feeling a lot better going into St. Louis this weekend. But um, a tall you know, order, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I think this is going to be a very very up and down season again for the Brewers. I think it's going to be a lot of hovering around 500, and then just hoping you can make a late run. That's that's kind of the deal. All right, um, they are going to have to do it with uh, one less player at the big leagues because the word came today. I don't even know when this went down. I think I, I think I took a nap and I woke up and it right was... Right around lunch, yeah, 1 o'clock, something yeah, like that. Yeah, then it was all over that uh, Orlando Arcia got shipped to the Braves. And this infield depth and flexibility um, and versatility that we had been thrown about, oh, hey, we got a couple of guys that can play shortstop and we got a couple of guys that can play third. Well, we're going to get rid of one of those guys. And that's pretty much what happened. And I don't know. Do you think they made the wrong call? But, I mean, it seems like they got to go with the guy they traded for a couple years ago. you got to back that guy, right? 
Got to got to dig your heels in on that. For sure, that's what general managers do. They have to justify their their existence right. and their decisions. Um, I didn't. I don't like the trade. Um, you know, Arcia was certainly not my favorite Brewer, but I think he certainly brought a lot of value to this team because you have no idea what you're going to get out of Travis Shaw. So to weaken third base by moving Arcia, I don't understand. Urias is not proven. He's never played a full base major league season before. So now you've taken your backup shortstop and just gave him away. They gave him away to two pitchers to Atlanta that were ranked in the 20s in their minor league system, one of which has already had a Tommy John surgery. Um, So these are guys that you'll probably will never see at the major league level, and if you do, they're going to be JP fire hydrant level guys. And, yes, I said fire hydrant. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. I don't know. Wow, that's great. I just – I don't know. The the Brewers don't value a lot of the things that I do, I guess. You know, RC was like one of the one or two longest tenured guys. He's got some of the biggest hits in franchise history in 2018 when he had four hits in game 163 against the Cubs, and he was really good in the playoffs against the Rockies and the Dodgers. Um, I get that was a couple of years ago, but it's not like he's gotten worse. He was pretty damn good last year. Um I know the Brewers were trying to trade him last year. They didn't get any takers. I think they tried all off season. He took a pay cut to come back. Um, I don't know. It's just disappointing that uh, that they decided to go this route. I think they're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's you know Atlanta's got him now. I heard they're going to send him to AAA because they don't really have a spot for him. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. got hurt last night. Um, it sounds like he may be out quite a while, Jesus. and if he is, I would not be surprised at all to see Atlanta flip Arcia to the Padres, um, and then you're going to have Arcia and Grisham starting on a playoff team. Oh my god! So you know, and the the people that like the trade and people that don't like Arcia, and there's a lot of them. They're going to cite you know his on base percentage and his batting average and yada yada yada. But um, there's something that there's there's a thing called team chemistry. And you know, is it is it going to just devastate the team? No, probably not. But he was a guy that had been there a long time, and a lot of people really liked. And he was a good player. And I just don't know why, after four games, you felt the need to make this move. I mean, forget forget that he had the game winning hit on opening day. I mean, whatever that could have been anybody at that point. It just happened to be him who hit a dribbler. Right, um, I mean, it was a chopper on the yeah, infield. Yeah, it wasn't like he was banging it off the wall. No. But um, I don't know. I, I just think it's a it's a piece. It's a proven piece. It's a guy who's played in the playoffs and shown up in big games for you. I don't know. I, I just don't like the move at all. I'm kind of with you. I, I mean, I don't know certainly about any of the other analytical um, things that might have been looked at. but well, there's I, always a stat to justify any decision it, that's made. But I guess I don't also understand, okay, so a team needs that, and well, in you, exchange you get a couple of pieces that you're probably not going to use. Well, right, you traded a player that was going to help you this year when you're supposed to be trying to make the playoffs. Right. For two guys that are not going to help you at all this year, well, and what do you? And now you're going to bring up what this Daniel Robertson dude who's been on a couple of teams and has never proven he's a major leaguer. And I guess what when you look at the outfield situation, when you have four starters that are 
rotating among three spots, but you have the insurance in that if one of them gets hurt, Lorenzo Cain, the other guy can step in and do that. Well, if Shaw reverts back to his two years ago with the Brewers' self and can't produce, you've at least got Arcia waiting, who is a capable infielder, to step in and fill that role with Urias. Late-inning defensive replacement, all that kind of stuff. you, you, You have that versatility that I mentioned a few minutes ago, and now because another team has a need and called you and is offering you two things that you don't really need at the time, but getting rid of the player also isn't going to kill you either. You just decide to make the move. I guess I just don't understand where the motivation is coming from on that. It kind of seems like it was just a, we just don't want you here anymore. Kind of a deal. Really bad. And I, and I'm not saying it was like a personality problem, right? but we've had you for a while. It just has like, look, we gave up a bunch for Urias and it has not looked good for us in the short term. Lauer can't even make the fricking roster. And Urias can't hit. Um, maybe they think that if they get rid of Arcia, now Urias knows, okay, you're the shortstop every day. There's no pressure on you. And maybe, maybe they think he'll perform right. better. Yep. We'll see. But to do it right now is was very interesting. And to send him to a team that doesn't have an immediate need for him right now. It's not like their infielders are injured. And they need to plug him in right That's away. So right. they sent him to the minors. So I don't know. It's very strange. Very strange. Uh, let's look around the league just a little bit. Um, well, Yadier Molina is still a dick. God. I, I I mean, he's one of those guys that I guess if you're not a Cardinals fan, you love to hate. But you have to respect how old he is and how talented he is and still performing at that age at one of the toughest positions to play on the diamond. I mean, the dude's still good. I mean, he had a basis-clearing double in the game yesterday. I mean, the guy can still get it done. But his personality, I, oh, my God. Well, it's the, it's the disease of the Cardinals. That's really what it is. If he was on a different team, he, he, he might still be a little bit of a tough guy, but I don't think it would be anywhere near what it is now because they they celebrate that down there. Um, you know, this all started because on opening day, Castellanos for the Reds hit a home run yep. and he kind of skipped out of the batter's box. And, you know, the fun police that resides in St. Louis, <laughs> they had to they had to scold him the next day and they did so by plunking Yeah, they hit him. And, and then he goes all the way around to score. And he goes all the way around to score, and he scores on a pass ball. Close so play there's a the close plate. play at the plate with the pitcher, and he gets up and he kind of flexes on him and walks away. Molina comes charging after him like a little kid and shoves him in the back, which ignites a bench-clearing. It's, it's not a brawl, but the bench is clear. Castellanos gets suspended for two games, and for, Molina gets nothing. For inciting. Yes. What? No, that that makes zero sense whatsoever. Rob Manford, you're not having a good week, buddy. Rob Manford, I don't think has had a a good tenure so far, but that's that that could be an argument for another day. But you I, know that that whole I mean, there there's just not an easier team in sports to dislike whole than, than the Cardinals. Okay, it's very easy to dislike them, <laughs> and, and it's not even and it's weird because it's like. Colton Long seems like a really nice dude. I don't think he's going to act that way with the Brewers, that he no. would have acted with the Cardinals. I just feel like there's something 
ingrained in that organization that they think they're the keeper of the flame. There's teams like that that you see, whether it's, and I, maybe you you know of one in the NBA, but I mean, the knock-on for a long time when Al Davis was owner of the Raiders, we don't want anybody from the Raiders because they, they, they're they not the type of guy that we want on our team. Like, Well, that's because they were like criminals and nutbags. But I mean... That was the the bag on Charles Woodson. He comes to Green Bay and he's a model citizen. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like everybody could look at the Raiders. Like, we don't want anybody on that team. They're dirty. They don't play the right way. They're bad human beings. Whatever you want to say about them. But like at the Cardinals, everybody just seems so much easier to hate. Like I hated Jim Edmonds' guts. Remember when he was on the Brewers for like yes. half a year and it was like, ah, eh, he's not a bad dude, right? You right. know, Supan. He's. I, I mean. I, he wasn't good on the Brewers, but he was, he was a great guy. Fucking terrible. Everybody loved him. Yes. I mean, my parents met him at something, and they said he was one of the nicest guys they've ever met. So, I don't know. Being it, in that uniform is something, something about that, it. Right. It, it's that Tony LaRusa stink is still lingering in that dugout. <laughs> and um, it's, it's stuck to Molina here, and he can't get rid of it. Because, I don't, you know, Pujols has still got a little bit of that with the Angels. but I think so, but you know, he's going to be done. Yeah. He's going to be done. I haven't seen anything because I haven't been watching or, wa- or looking at clips or reading anything, but I read the headlines. Did I see that people were throwing trash cans at the Houston Astros? They threw an inflated trash can on the field, and then somebody threw a real trash can on the field. Oh like, with garbage in it. So, like, I don't know. They must have got it from the concourse right, and, and hauled it, it down and threw it out. Like, do I don't know how you do get to that, do that. But. Past the ushers. It's like the ending of a WCW Nitro yeah. where the, just All shit sudden, starts the, get, the NWO is just getting right. pelted with half-drunk slushies <laughs> and Scott Hall's getting shot in the face by a freaking wad of paper. And So, what, I mean, clearly people are not letting this well, che- cheating thing go away. And then does, so, like... I, I think they opened in Oakland, and they're now in An- or Anaheim with the Angels Sounds or right. L.A., wherever the hell they play now. And uh, they got it really bad in Oakland. You know, I mean, Oakland is oh, Oakland. Oakland. So oh, they, yes. they gave it to them pretty good. And, uh, you know, Altuve and Correa and, and all the guys that were there during that run, they were getting it hard. And Dusty Baker came out last night. And, you know, Dusty wasn't there when this happened. He's only there because they got caught and the manager got fired. But he was, like, saying, you know, enough's enough. We we served our, we you know, we served our penance, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, you didn't. didn't No no player was suspended. Didn't come close to anything. The trophy still resides in in your front office. Your manager got fired. He got, he served his penance. That's why he got the job with the Tigers. Ain't nobody in Houston serving no damn penance. Give me a break. <laughs> That's like the old Mike and Mike just shut up award of oh the week. God, yes. Just, you know, Dusty, you weren't there. Shut, shut up. up. I get you're trying to stick up for your guys. I get it. Shut up. You know, we, you just went on an entire season where nobody could go to the game. Right. And now people. You ought to yes. be thrilled they're booing the shit out of you. Yes. Because they're there. At least they're there. You're right. 100%. Uh, Major League Baseball has moved its all-star game because of some voter suppression laws that are being kicked around uh, in Georgia and Atlanta. So they've decided that we're going to go to Denver where everybody's free to pretty much do whatever the hell they want. That's where it's going to be. Yeah. Um, It's going to cost Cobb County in Atlanta upwards of $100 million in tourism. Yeah. 
51% of the businesses in that county are black-owned businesses, and they took the All-Star game to one of the most lily-white, hippie liberal communities in America in Denver. Seattle would be Littleton next. College. I mean, seriously, you like you couldn't have picked a, a that's what I mean. A more ridiculous place to put the game. Yep. If you're gonna move it, bring it to Milwaukee. Because you're honoring Hank Aaron because he died this year. That and you were gonna do something in Atlanta. Well he also spent the other majority of his Milwaukee. career in Milwaukee. But they didn't want to do that. Um Do you but, think they even considered it? No, well, they said that Denver was always at the top of the list because they were at the top of the list when they made the decision on where it was going to be. Gotcha. Um, so we'll just go back to that list. But my 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 question is, what the hell is going on in sports anymore, man? Like, they're moving all-star games. The NBA did it a couple years ago with the bathroom thing in Charlotte. Oh, right. I, I, didn't, I forgot about you know, that. The MLB's doing it now. The NFL's had their whole thing with the Kaepernick kneeling. Just this week, the NCAA and all their people got dragged into the Supreme Court to talk right. about this this paying the, the name, athletes. Name, image, likeness, yep. I mean, like, what the hell is going on? When did sports, like, do I have to start watching C-SPAN to get my highlights? Like, what the hell is going on? Seems like they're more involved in taking either, hum, you know, morality, humanity, politically charged stances for everything and and i get in the process they are alienating some people you and i have had plenty of conversations about stuff whether it's in you know your basement down here on road trips or whatever you know that i'm not that much into um following this sort of stuff all i want to do is watch the game if this is a sideshow i i am really good at tuning that stuff out and ignoring it it doesn't bother me if that's what you want to stand for and you think you're making a difference great it's it's not going to affect me one way or the other i know some people that can't get away from it until they say i'm not dealing with this anymore so i'm not watching your sport Mm -hmm. and there are some people that are out there like that I just don't happen to be one of them. So to me, I don't really care. But you bring up a good point in that this is starting to get into every major athletic association that is on the planet, at least over here in the United States, because we are now just so polarized that they feel like they need to be on one side or the other. Well, and regardless of what the media or these leagues will tell you, their ratings are down. You know, I read an article yesterday that said across the board, ratings in sports are down about 32%. Said from Republicans, they're down like 50%, and from Democrats, they're down about 25%. That's a lot. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when these leagues and these owners start losing real money. Like, all of a sudden, that television contract that come, that's coming up for, you know, the NBA... Why are we paying you all this money when not as many people are watching? Guess what happens? Your income goes down. The players' salaries, salaries go, go down. down. So, you know, it's all fun and games and everything, and it all looks good, and you get a bunch of likes and retweets on Twitter, and, you know, you're you're a social justice hero, and everybody's kissing your ass. But the bottom line is this shit is divisive. Whatever side you're on, it's sure. divisive. Yep. And when you when these leagues start dipping their toe in, it's dangerous for them. I mean, Jason Hayward came out and said they they had a, a call of a bunch of the players about boycotting the All Star game, and he said fifty guys agreed to it. It's like fifty guys. 
well, that's nothing. Right. That's two teams worth of people. There's 30 teams in the league. What about the other f- 700 dudes? Well, do they not count? We're, so we're doing this small minority rules the world thing again? I would say yes. And my, we, my other question before you yep, go, no, go ahead. Well, do you have to play the Braves? You're right, if you don't want to go to Atlanta. But I, well, I think the league just didn't want its whole organization being put on a national stage all at once while this has been going on. I think people are probably less concerned about the day-to-day rather than the, okay, now you've got the spotlight on this because it's your, aside from the World Series, it's your biggest spectacle. And now here we're, okay, well, wait a minute, what's going on there? Then you're going to get a lot of people digging in that may not be, you know, they may not be watching or reading the national news on a daily basis, and they're just finding out about this. Because a lot of stuff gets, I mean, you know, you know how these big events work. When you go to a particular community, you got to find stuff to report on, whether it's associated with the game or it's not. you got to find stories. And if this is now going to be put front and center for every major media outlet, if I'm Major League Baseball and I'm going there and it's on me, but all this stuff is on a sidebar, I don't want to be next to it. I mean, I get it. But for a day-to-day basis, apparently they're fine with everybody else going there and and not making a big deal out of it. You you bring up a very valid point, but I, I mean, I think for them, from their perspective, it's like, why would we want our second biggest event outside the playoffs going to a place like that? That's 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 my take on it, I guess. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's. But but quite... you're right. You're 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 right in that. I mean, if ratings are down, I just find it odd, particularly in football, which is king that you just signed a 500 or a whatever billion dollar contract it was for the next however many years with however many different networks it was. They wouldn't be too concerned about ratings and charging the price that they charge if they didn't think they could get it. Whether the ratings will justify that in the future because of stuff like this, I don't know. It doesn't sound like they're hurting for advertisers, whether ratings are down or not, because they still know they got the number one game in town, and nobody's nobody else can get it anywhere else but there. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other sports may be in a little bit more of a danger zone as far as that's concerned. People don't have a problem, it seems like, ditching baseball or ditching. Oh, no, they did it before. They did right, it in the 90s. Right. Or, and it or, took steroids to bring it back. Ditching the NBA or, you know. And, and they it, did it in the in the early 2000s after Jordan when everybody was tatted up and wearing do-rags and, and the America's looking around going, wait a minute, what happened to Michael Jordan and Magic and Larry? And now people <laughs> are taking more of an issue that um, these players aren't getting paid or that they're being whiny crybabies that they want to get paid. You know, it's, it's again, it's that polarization where it's like, I, I just don't want to deal with this. I just want to watch the game. Tell, call yeah, me, call totally. me when it's gone. Totally. I just want to watch the game. Just want to watch the game. And that's, and, and that's where I'm at. I don't care which side you're on. That's fine. Figure it out. Call me when there's kickoff. If you want to deal with that shit, go turn on Fox News or CNN or whatever you watch. But I want to watch the game. Right. That's all it is. All right, um, what stop are the Bucks? They got two more left on their six-game road trip? Two more, and then they're home for one, and then they go out on the road again. Jesus, they yeah. come home for one game? Yep. Yeah, it's, this is a rough stretch for them. Wow. 32-17, um, and 17, they're still third in the East, you know, behind Brooklyn and uh, Philly. Okay. 
Had a nice win against the Lakers. Kind of a bounce back after losing a couple in a row. No LeBron, no, no Davis. Davis. So yeah. it was one that they needed to take care of business. Um, they went out and put a hurting on a pretty good Portland team. Yeah. 127-109. They've beat Portland like eight in a row. Portland right. just, they can't guard Giannis. I saw the see, I saw the, the series history, and I'm like, that's pretty dominant. They can't. They have no answer for Giannis. He, he just owns them. Um, and then uh, the other night, uh, Saturday night, they beat Sacramento by one. Giannis didn't play, sat out again with some, some knee soreness. He sprained it about a week and a half ago in the Spurs game. Um, I think this is the second game he missed um, since then. And uh, they got Golden State at Golden State tonight. He's a game-time decision. Uh, at Dallas Thursday on TNT. Home for Charlotte Friday night. And then at Orlando on Sunday. So another another busy week for the Bucks here, uh, mostly on the road. Have you been satisfied with the, with the whole trip P- pretty much? I mean, didn't they, did they blow another big lead against the Kings? Yeah, they did down the stretch. I had actually turned it off and was watching. Uh, I think I was watching the end of the UCLA Gonzaga game, and I and it beeped on my phone, and I saw the final score, and I thought, "Hold, on. well, I didn't think it was going to come down to one point, but um, yeah, they hung on and won. You know, they've when everybody's been healthy, they've been really good. Um, you know, Giannis being being out right now, I, I'm okay with that. PJ Tucker who they traded for a couple weeks ago has been out with a calf strain. And, you know, he's 36, so you got to give him some time. But at the same time, you know, you you got to acclimate him to kind of what they're doing because he's a guy that when you play the Celtics, he's guarding Tatum. When you play the Nets, he's guarding Durant. When you play Philly, he's guarding Ben Simmons. So they got to get him right for the playoffs, healthy and, and integrated into the system. Um, he's he's a very big piece, but all in all, I've been pretty pleased with with them, um, especially since the All Star break. Um, you know, they had the little hiccup where they you know they lost to the Clippers and then they lost uh, somebody else. I can't remember, but um, other than that, it's it's been it's been a pretty good run. And the holiday acquisition has uh, been pretty good. You said you like the switch um, that now he's there and pretty good. Um, Defender, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Elite. And, and to the point where he signed a four-year extension, I think that fourth year is a player option. Um, but he cashed in 135 mil, and I know I, I I, mean, I tweeted at you for that. And I I mean, an, an initial reaction because now they got Giannis Middleton and, and Holiday now for the next, I mean, for the foreseeable future. That's a pretty good nucleus, is it not? Yeah, I, I'm happy. Um, you know, Considering what they gave up to get him, uh, they they needed to to make a commitment long term to him. And listening to all of his comments, he's very excited to be there. Um, Apparently, he's also very very like grounded in the community. Well, he's married like, to uh, he's married to a U.S. soccer player. Okay, uh, I think her name's Lauren Holiday. All right, um, and yeah, they're they're big in the community. They do a lot of stuff. Um, so he's he's a welcome addition. He's really good. He's one of those guys that. Um, you don't realize how good they are until you watch them every night. Okay, it's kind of like Yelich was a little similar that way with the Brewers. Were like that first year you watch them, you are like, "Holy shit, this guy kind of does everything really well." Holiday is the same way. He's not going to score thirty a game. He gets you around twenty, five, six assists. Um, he is an unbelievable defensive player. He's got if you're next time you watch a buck game, he's got some of the longest arms you'll ever see on a small guy. <laughs> okay. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why he's such a great defensive player. He's got a long reach. He gets a lot of deflections. Um, he's just meshed really well with Giannis and Middleton, even DiVincenzo and, and Lopez. You know, the big three now with Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton are signed through 23-24. Um, Lopez is signed through 22-23. DiVincenzo is under contract next year, and then the Bucks can extend him under his rookie contract. So you're, you've kind of got the core four and a half, maybe. I don't. I'm not sure Lopez finishes his contract with the Bucks. We'll see. Um, but I think the big three and DiVincenzo, those four guys. Um, I'm excited to watch them in the playoffs this year. I mean, you know, you forget DiVincenzo barely played his first year. He was hurt. So that whole first run when they got to the Eastern Conference Finals, he wasn't a part of it. Last year was really his first go-around, and then you had that shutdown, and then you come back for the pandemic or in the bubble, and he was terrible, DiVincenzo was. So I'm really anxious to see this group together in the playoffs. I think they're going to be a bitch to play for anybody that has to see them. I think if you're the Nets or, or the Sixers and you get the Bucks in the second round, I think you're going to... You're in for a seven-game dogfight. I think even with the Nets, I don't know that the Bucks can beat the Nets, but they match up really well with them. Um, the Nets just have three of the four best players on the floor. I was going to say it's star power. You know, that's kind of where it is. But, look, I, I am very, very comfortable with uh, Drew Holiday guarding James Harden for seven games. Harden's going to get his. He's a great player, but um, Drew Holiday is, is a really, really good all-star caliber guy in his own right. He's kind of like Mike Conley. He's just he's not a superstar. He's on that next tier and he was just in the Western Conference and he was always blocked by Lillard, Westbrook and uh Chris Paul. He just couldn't make the All-Star team. So, if he was in the East for all these years, he might have 5 or 6 under his belt, but um yeah, it's a good one. 6 yeah. weeks from now the playoffs start. Yep. And uh Harden got hurt last night. He's out 2 weeks with oh, a wow. hammy. Kyrie Irving's nuts. You never know. He could go off the reservation anytime. Kevin Durant has been hurt pretty much most of the year. Um, not, boy, I mean, he's had a lot of lower body issues mm-hmm. the last few years, and at his size, that's got to be concerning for them. Um, so, you know, you look on paper at the Nets, and you're like, well, they're coming out of the East, but they may only end up playing like 15, 20 games together. As a unit, those three guys before they get to before the they season. get to the playoffs. So, you know that didn't work great with the big three in Miami. Initially, it worked really well with Golden State when Durant went there, but they had already kind of had that nucleus. So, it's going to be interesting down the stretch here to kind of see who comes into the playoffs healthy because you got the Lakers too. You know they could drop as low as a six seed. Mm-hmm. And now you're the Clippers, and you're the three seed, and you're going, really? we got to play LeBron and Anthony Davis first round of the playoffs? And we don't even really have home court because we're playing in their building? Yes. So it's going to be a fun six weeks, I think, Okay. um, down the stretch here. But I like where the Bucs are at. All right. We will uh, we'll keep an eye on that. The college basketball season is over with, and the title game was kind of a snoozer in that Baylor's defense really locked down Gonzaga. I, I heard that, or I read that they made the fewest three-pointers, the, the, the Bulldogs made the fewest three-pointers 
um, that they have all tournament, and they held Gonzaga to 20 points under their average, 26 points under their their entire season average. Um, so, again, the, the game that people are talking about is the Bulldogs-Bruins last-second heave that banked in to give Gonzaga the victory. But um, other than that, I mean... <sighs> You know, I'm the average college basketball fan, and and I guess I was not roped in as much as I thought I would have been. I guess, and I maybe maybe it was just because the late start. You know, eight twenty is awful late to start a championship game. Yeah, it is when 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 you get up, and I can't even imagine that on the East Coast, like nine twenty. Mm-hmm. Really, I know. Um, but I, I don't know. You probably watched a lot more of the of of, of the Final Four than I did, so. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the Houston uh, Baylor game. I was out to dinner for my birthday, uh, but I got home and I watched the UCLA Bay, uh, Gonzaga game. Really good game. Um, UCLA probably could have won the game three times, but uh, they just they made some mistakes. Um, they had a chance to win the game at the end of regulation, and their their best kid Johnny Juzang tried to take the ball all the way to the basket. Gets called for a charge if if he pulls up and takes an eight footer. You know, you got a pretty good chance of making that one at the buzzer, but they go into OT and then, um, you know, Suggs hits the shot at the mm-hmm. buzzer. It's really funny, and it's it's just so typical of the way the world is now. Like, all of the – it's the greatest game ever in the tournament. It's the greatest Final Four. I'm like, it's not even the greatest Final Four game of the last five years. That dude from Villanova hit a shot to win the title at the buzzer against North Carolina. Like, what What are you people talking about? Short memory. Like, come on. Short, they want to live in the like, moment. You don't remember the dude from NC State shooting the air ball and dunking it at the buzzer to beat Akeem and Drexler? Like, you don't remember Leitner's shot against Kentucky to get to the Final Four in the 90s? Like, just it was, it was a good game. It wasn't a great game. It was a good game. It was a cool shot. But everybody now... Just calm down. It doesn't matter what the sport is or who the teams are that's playing... We're so quick to assign greatness to something and and hype it up more without really taking a step back and then putting it along a plane or a spectrum and putting it in its proper place. It automatically has to be one of the best things we've ever seen because it's right now and it's our instant reaction and it's so good. And that's part of the reason why I don't really like the way sports are covered or, you know, fawned over, or whatever other adjective you want to use, because you, you a lot of the times you're just making way more out of something than you need to. Yeah. And I don't go in for a lot of hype. There are very few things where I see or like, I really like that, and I'm excited for that. And I think that's good, or that was great, or this is good. Like, I need to temper my expectations, whatever, and I need to do a little bit of, okay, well, what did I just watch? What have I? What, what, what am I going to compare that to? Meanwhile, everybody and their brother is jumping up and down and ready to say that it is this, that, or the other. Well, and as as I'm watching it, am I thinking to myself, "This is a great game"? Because we talk about it a lot when we do the yes. do the games on the radio, and it'll be a close game. Doesn't mean it's and a people great game. say, "Well, that was a really good game." No, it wasn't. It was a terrible game. It was close, right? But it wasn't a good game. Those two things, forty-four do not, to forty-four yes. to forty-two, is not a good game. Those things do know? not have to coexist uh-uh. at all. But let me say this about Baylor. Okay, 
That was the best defensive performance I've seen in a national championship game in 31 years since UNLV 1990. Weren't we just talking about we don't need No, no, no. (laughs) Dude, that was ridiculous. I mean, you said it. They held them to 26 points below their average. This was a team that was averaging 90. They completely threw them out of whack. Mm -hmm. Those Baylor guards defensively, I I don't know that I've ever seen a trio – like that in college basketball. They're not the best players I've ever seen, but holy shit, defensively, they were getting after it. And, you know, there was a play with about six minutes left in the game, and uh, I texted my buddy, and I think Gonzaga had cut it to like nine or ten, and they had the ball, and there was a tip pass on the sideline, and one of the Baylor kids, I think it was Justice, he catches the ball off of the tip as he's falling out of bounds. He throws it inbounds and saves it, Throws it to a Gonzaga kid. He goes over the uh, the media table. Okay, the ball's still alive. Gonzaga. This is on the right side of the floor. Gonzaga swings the ball all the way around to the left hand corner. That kid sprinted from the first row of the stands to contest the shot in the other corner. So he what ran thirty yards, dead ass sprint, and contests the shot. Kid misses it. They go down. Baylor goes down, hits a three, go back up by like 12 or 13, and I just I texted my buddy, and I was like, that's how you win a championship. I almost rewound it and took a video of it, and I wanted to send it to the four high school coaches in town and just say, <laughs> show your kids that. That's how you win at a high level, that kind of effort. It's not about how quick and fast how, and how, how much you can jump. It's effort. And, like, this is a dude – there's six, five or six minutes to go. You're pretty much going to win the game. You're up double digits. And this dude is just busting ass. He didn't have to do that. He could have He could have looked at one of his teammates and said, why didn't you cover for me? I was out of bounds. That was really impressive. Really impressive. Okay. Um, Baylor winning is nuts. Do you remember in the early 2000s when they got put on probation because mm-hmm. that kid got murdered? Yes. They were a disaster. They were basically, um, what did what did they? They were basically death penalty right, in, the, in the modern right. day. Yes, like they didn't have those kind of ridiculous sanctions, but like they were pretty much death penalty. And Scott Drew took that job over after that, and it took him about what I think seventeen or eighteen years. But they've been they've been good for him to for him to do that at Baylor. He didn't do it at Texas. You know, he didn't do it at one of these big. Huge state university. He did it at Baylor. I mean, Baylor and Gonzaga in the championship game, um, it's really a new age in college basketball. Um, The Blue Bloods aren't quite what they used to be. And, you know, that kind of leads into the next thing, Roy Williams retiring. Um, You know, Mike Krzyzewski's not far behind. Jim Boeheim's not far behind. Oh, God, yes. Bob Huggins ain't far behind. So you got a lot of this old guard of college basketball now that's really entering or in the twilight. Um, It's going to be really interesting. I mean, even Calipari. Calipari's in his 60s. I mean, he's probably going to coach another eight years or so, but um, he don't have 20, 25 years left like a guy like Scott Drew or, you know, got hopefully like a guy like Shaka Smart or Juwan Howard, Howard, something like that. So um, it's going to be interesting going forward to see kind of who emerges as the new powers. Because I think Gonzaga is, even though they haven't won a title yet, this is their second title game in like four years. That's pretty established, They've been though. right there. Yes. 
And Mark Few is one of the five, ten best coaches in America, wherever you want to rank them. So they're not going anywhere. But, you know, it was a little disappointing to not see the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Carolinas in 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 the mix, well, the Kansases. Then that's my follow-up question to where is college basketball because we've talked about the tournament, and that's different than the regular mm-hmm. season. Yep. Um, when people can watch a lot of these games, you know, regionally, and there are some nationally featuring their teams. But when you get to the tournament, the national attention generally goes to, like you said, those blue bloods. So if this is the way that college basketball may or may not be trending for the tournament, is that good or bad? Do you think people will get used to seeing the non-traditional schools and just accepting that, you know, this one and done, or maybe things change, whatever happens with the name, image, likeness, and then you get different schools that get different players for a variety of those reasons, and they're not your traditional powers, um, are people going to have to learn like, hey, sorry, in the Sweet 16, you're not going to have 75% of the teams that you're used to seeing. Now it's going to be more like 35% or something like that. Well, you know, Is that is that going to be a thing? I think style of play matters a lot. I think both teams like Baylor and Gonzaga, they're fun to watch. You know, they got they got athletes, they get up and down, they shoot threes, they got um, guys that are going to be in the NBA. Uh, they're fun to watch. Virginia, they're not fun to watch. Um, unless you're a hardcore basketball purist, Normandale, bounce pass, slide your feet kind of a basketball fan, which there ain't many of anymore. Um, they're a little more difficult to bring into that that blue blood than I think a Gonzaga is because I just think they're, you know, watching them and the appeal. And then also the consistency. Like if Baylor just now goes away, for the next five years, and they're you know they're they get the four seed or you know or a two seed. Maybe they make an elite eight, but that's it. Yeah, people will just kind of be like, well, that was fluky. They're not they're not in the mix. But if all of a sudden now they're the new power in the Big Twelve, and Kansas ain't winning that that conference anymore every year like they did for fifteen oh, years or whatever. Okay, well now now you got to take a little different look at them. Okay, so um. So college basketball is it's over. Is done. Now we're we're into the NBA and the and the baseball season, and that's pretty much how it is. Um, college football is going through spring practice at a lot of different places, and there was uh, news that broke last week about Barry Alvarez uh, announcing his retirement, and they made it official today with the news conference. I didn't watch any of it. I'm sure I'm going to play a lot of a lot of news bites and actualities tomorrow. Uh, apparently, going to be up at the end of June, and. Um, you know, there was a lot of talk, like you said, uh, we had talked about the kind of passing of the torch and who's it going to be. That's, I mean, it's not up to Alvarez, but I think he kind of saw this coming a couple of years ago when, when Chris McIntosh joined the athletic department. And there, I read a couple of things today where it's like, that's the guy that Alvarez has been grooming. Sure. And uh, the he's, chancellor. He's, he's the AD version of Bielema. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> except I don't think he's going to expand. Unclench your buttholes, Badger fans. I don't think it'll be that bad. No, it's not going to be that bad. But you, I mean, think of the monumental shoes that you have to fill. And I didn't go to that university like a lot of people that we know did that very much Thank worship God. what Alvarez has done 
for the football team and the athletic department in general and, and putting Madison pretty much on the map and, and has kept Madison on the map. If you had gone to that university, you wouldn't have put that Facebook post up today. <laughs> it's true. I'd, 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 I'd probably wouldn't even put like it up a, before you'd, I you'd be like a quarter of the way through your student <laughs> right, loan. That's right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you you know, whether you're a, you're a Badger fan or not, if you live in Wisconsin, y- you have to recognize what kind of state the athletics department and football was in general before he got here, and 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 the job that he did to put to return to restore them or bring them up to prominence and kind of keep them there through the next couple of head coaches and while he kind of took over the athletic department and I mean as a whole Wisconsin sports I mean the women's volleyball team the you know the women's softball team the base oh never mind not the baseball team um, and basketball <laughs> I mean and, and some of these other sports which have have done pretty well, but a lot of people don't pay attention to because they don't get a lot of press. They're competitive in a lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a success, primarily the football team funding the athletic department who can build facilities and get players, uh, you know, equipment and training and coaches to, uh, you know, keep them relevant and, and really make Madison a good place for an athlete to come participate. Yeah, baseball and women's basketball are the blemishes on Barry's for sure. resume. Um, he just could never get the women's basketball right, and his absolute abject disgust for anything related to having a baseball I team has understand. been been very odd. It's been odd. I mean, um, but you know, I, I don't think he's on the Wisconsin sports Mount Rushmore, but he's on the next. He's on the he's on the second tier. Tier two. Okay. Yeah, he's not he's not Lombardi. Uh, Favre, Yount, Hank Aaron, you know, type of guy. But he's he's the notch below. He's the top. I would say he's probably the top guy in Wisconsin Badger athletic history. I think before him it was probably Pat Richter. Um, I think now it's Barry Alvarez. I, I don't think there's any question. I would agree with that. What, do you have, like, a favorite Alvarez moment or uh, I mean, anything that, you know, something that he was a part of. Having two relatives that went to that school growing up, you know, my uncle played basketball there, my mom went there. Um, and seeing their happiness when they won that first Rose Bowl um, after how many years when Bevel was the quarterback and just seeing how genuinely excited they were and how cool that was, that was pretty neat. And, you know, Barry has certainly had his, I mean, his kid got in trouble with microwaving that, that yeah. par- parakeet or whatever it was. So that was that was kind of a little bit of a blemish. Like, what kind of kids are you raising? You know, that kind of thing. But seeing the players that didn't play for him, a couple of them did when the two coaches left and he coached their bowl teams or, their, or, or you know, their bowl games. I mean, I mean, the second wave of players, I don't even think were his guy, like, at all. No. But when, when Anderson left? Yes. No, those weren't his guys at all. But just the respect and admiration and the excitement that you could see in their faces and hear in their voices when he said, I'm going to come coach you, that kind of gave me a little, that, that was a little goosebump cool. moment for me. You know, mm-hmm. it was cool. So so when he got back on the field and, and, and coached those two bowl games, and then he was always a guy that loved the bowl system. Because Wisconsin had not been to anything in forever, and when you can consistently do that and you get a check to your athletic department, that's a big deal. You know, don't don't talk about it on the scope of well, what, where is the bowl measure on the spectrum of games 
and how popular does that make your team for doing that? He just wanted to get there to start with. And then that you do that and give the kids an opportunity to get on a national stage and experience that. That's all. I mean, he was fine with that. Rose Bowl, great. But getting to a bowl game, that was always special to him. And I think that's probably why, you know, I, I, I admired him a little bit as a head coach because he just wanted to give those kids in the program one extra game, you know, get an extra check. So, but, but I mean, but other than that, it's it's definitely going to be a loss for the system. I, I mean, th- th- there's no question. I don't know how good McIntosh is going to be, um, I, if you know, if if he's the guy. But it's Barry was always just a figurehead. You know, it's like you knew that he'd be there with. He his, went to the big meetings. And, and, he went to the college football. The games. He was in the room when they yeah. were talking about who was going to go to the playoffs. You're and, right. He was on the committee, yep. and he even did. Uh, I think he even did the. He was on the Fiesta Bowl commentating crew for a couple of years or something like that. But you know, if there's a big game, it's always cool to see him in the in the sleeveless sweater or you know the or the the sweater and the college shirt or whatever. It's just cool to see him around, and it's just kind of hard imagining him not being around. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, for me, it was easily the first Rose Bowl. I mean, that that season was the coolest football season I've ever seen, um, pro or college. Um, you know, the whole Brent Moss fiasco. <laughs> yeah. You know, the 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 winning winning the Big Ten in Tokyo, right against Michigan against State. Michigan State, yep. and then having to fly home and celebrate on the same plane as the Michigan State team. <laughs> It was just, you know, and that was one of those things. They schedule it 10 years beforehand when the Badgers were the one of the three or four worst programs yep. in the in the country, thinking that was going to be a total cash grab. When if that game had been in Madison, I don't remember if it was their home game or Michigan State's home game, but, oh, my oh God, my God, that, that, that would have. Right. And that was the year of the, the rushing the field against Michigan, oh, when, Michigan every, when those right. people yep. got crushed. Uh, but, you know, the, the early game fight, with Lee Deramus uh, yes. and and JJ Stokes, Stokes yep. and they all mm-hmm. and a bunch of dudes got tossed out earlier and like wait a minute what this is the Rose Bowl <laughs> crazy and then the the Daryl Bevel scamper in the fourth to to win it that was that was pretty cool I I still got a, the old all the old newspapers from that's awesome from back then so uh, yeah even though I'm not a Badger fan he will be missed he was a very big presence very well respected around the nation um, and you know. He, along with Pat Richter, Stu Jackson, um, Dick Bennett, Bo Ryan, you know, they really put Wisconsin sports onto the map. You can't even say back on the map because they were really never even on it. Um, you know, and the Badgers have finished very high in that whatever that cup is that they, right. they figure in all the yeah. sports. I you think know. It's the, it used to be the Sears uh, Cup. Yeah, or whatever they've it was. been in the top twenty several times under him. So yeah, it's it's an impressive career. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll probably play comments from him tomorrow. So I'll I'll, I'll be kind of curious to see how far along that process moves um, and how quickly whether they jump right in and say, "Yeah, Macintosh is our guy." But I mean, he's got what three months left? June. I mean, April, May, and June. So I mean, yep. it's it's not like he's going away. It's it's going to be weird though when football season starts and he's not there. That's that, that's just going to be weird. That's that's something that you for the last however many decades, no Barry Alvarez around football season. I mean that 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 goes back a long ass time. I'm not sure you'll go away, but I know what you mean. You know, he's just not he's not a member of the day to day stuff. And 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 by hearing the players and the coaches, I mean, you know, for a guy that's not involved with the football team 
still around and involved to a degree. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. So. All right. Well, we got a lot out of that. Yeah. For sure. That you gonna is, wa- you going to watch any Masters this weekend? I think I'll probably f- yeah. flip it on. Uh, it just, hopefully, if it, if I have to watch it, I hope the weather's crappy. Because if it's nice, I'll probably be outside. We got trying it. to get my own golf game going. right. I saw Bryson DeChambeau, uh, DeChambeau at the driving range today, just absolutely murdering. Was that the one where v- VJ was looking at him like he was so. the Incredible Hulk? Like, just what like, what the hell doing? is going on here? <laughs> so that starts on Thursday. We will be back next week with an all new edition of the Intentional Foul. Thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing, and as always, we ask that you please tell your friends, spread the word about our little podcast here. That would be nice. Yeah. So we appreciate it. Until next time, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you then. Go Bucks. Go Brewers. Get better, DMX. Ah!